Gracious and holy God, we thank you for the certain and hope that we have in your presence in our life, for the joy you freely give, for the hope which you promise. Lord, as we continue to, continue to hear this story of Moses, we realize how often our lives intersect the situations or struggles that he went through. The stress of the day, the hurt and grief, the uncertainty, the fear, the responsibility. Lord, as we hear your word today, may you set me aside and set us aside, Lord, that it's your spirit that comes upon us, speaks to our heart, meets us where we are, that your hope and promise may continue to be alive in and through us and through this community called Emmanuel. In your name we pray. Amen. For four years, Chastity Patterson, a 23-year-old from Newport, Arkansas, was mourning the loss of a close friend, Jason Liggins. While Jason was not her biological father, he had all the attributes and treated her like a child, and she called him dad. After he died, Chastity continued to text him. It was her way of dealing with the grief that she was going through, daily sending a text, how she was feeling, what, she, what was taking place in her life. Of course, she sent these with no response expected. But on October 25th, just a few weeks ago, the night before the fourth anniversary of Jason Ligon's death, she received such a response. She was telling the person on the other end of the cancer that she was fighting and, and the hard fight it had been and how she had not been sick but brave through it and was even sharing a little more than usual about a person she had fallen in love with but he had broken her heart. Obviously the man who responded to her was not Liggins but was a man named Brad who had been receiving her daily messages for the past four years. This is what he said to her. Hi, sweetheart. I am not your father, but I've been getting all your messages for the past four years. I look forward to your morning and nightly updates. I lost my daughter in a car wreck August of 2014, so one year before the messages started coming. And your messages have kept me alive, he reported. When you text me, it's almost like it's a message from God. I've listened to you for years, he reports, and I've watched you grow more than anyone. I wanted to text you back, but I didn't want to break your heart. He goes on to say how he wished his daughter would have become the woman that chastity is. I am sorry you have to go through this, but if it makes it any better, I'm very proud of you. Chastity posted this on Facebook and received almost 300,000 responses. Brad came to receive Chastity's message because Ligon's number had been transferred to his phone. Some began to question whether this is a real story or not, and Chastity shared more that even though Ligon's was not her biological father, 
Nothing but blood could not even make them any closer. And she reports, I shared my message for my friends and family to see that there is a God and it might take four years, but he shows up right on time. You know, daily life in itself is hard. Just the routine and all that needs to be done and all that's expected. Sometimes we feel nobody cares. Sometimes we feel there's nobody around to help. But especially when we suffer a loss or tragedy, it's nice to know that somebody is there. God surprises us. God surprises us often by putting people in our life to support us and encourage us. Sometimes they know just what to say at just the right time. That's vital community. That's one reason I believe God has created the church. What's the church but the people? We need each other. And we need to communicate our needs to each other and be present for each other. I know it's obvious that the church can't function on its own. We need each other to support, encourage, and help carry out our mission. No one. No one person shall burden, should carry the burden all alone. We experience growth, vitality, and transformation when we are connected. We experience growth, vitality, and transformation when we are connected. Moses in today's text has been operating with the Lone Ranger mentality. Making every decision, solving every problem, trying to do it on his own. It's not till his father-in-law Jethro shows up. He sees what he's doing and encourages him to make some changes that are better for him, but not just for him, better for the people and community in which he serves. Last week we talked about God and Moses and how God would stand between Moses and the hard place that he found him. Today we hear how God has brought Jethro placed him before Moses, that Moses' life and the people to whom he serves might be better. I invite you to follow along in our scripture today, coming from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 18, verses 13 through 24. Exodus, chapter 18, verse 13. I hope you'll join me in the Bibles that are before you or those that you've brought with you. The next day Moses sat as a judge for the people, while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is it? What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another. And I make known to them the statutes and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me, I will give you counsel and God will be with you. You should represent the people before God and you should bring their cases before God. 
teach them the statutes and instructions, and make known to them the way they are to go and the things that they are to do. You should also look for able men among all the people, men who fear God, are trustworthy, and hate dishonest gain. Set such men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case for themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will go to their home in peace. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. For Emmanuel to be a vital community, no leader can work or operate in isolation. Each must consider the bigger picture. Has anybody ever had a problem with ants around your house or in your house? One Christmas holiday, Susan and I were sitting on the couch pretty late at night. She got bit by an ant. I'm like, okay, I guess it happens. And we looked down and we saw a few ants that were in the carpet and looked under the couch and saw a few more ants and moved the couch and pulled the rug away and thousands of ants were under the rug. Well, it shocked us anyway, but it was holiday time and presents and food and family and traveling to see family. So we spent hours cleaning up, hoping you get the very last one. Do you know what type different ants there are? They're male ants, the queens, and the workers. The queen lays the eggs and ensures the future of the ant colony. Males fertilize the eggs. Workers... They do all the work, they gather the food, they take care of the other ants, and they build and take care of the nest. Each ant does the job it is suited to, and the ant colony thrives, right? We can attest to that. They're pretty effective in their work. Ants are wise, they're organized, and they divide their work. Each has a function, and each performs it well. They can build that colony pretty fast. Ants carried away the dirt pile out there, too, so... <laughs> Not really, but if you noticed. When the church functions in the same way, we can be just as productive. When the church operates in the same way, we can be just as effective. Building. Not our kingdom, but God's kingdom. Imagine different people doing different tasks, each doing the one they are suited for. All towards a common goal, accomplishing something bigger than any of us can do on our own. That's the picture of the church that I have. At least that's the picture of the church that I hope we can attain when we're all doing our task. Moses in today's text is trying to do everything himself. It's not until his father-in-law Jethro comes to town that he realizes the effect of that. I realize that sometimes we think we've got to do it. We've got to be in charge. We've got to have input. 
right? If it's going to get done, I got to do it. If it's going to get done right, I really got to do it, right? That'll work for a while, but what happens? We burn out. We become miserable, and the people around us become miserable too. Moses was working morning till evening, the scripture says. Jethro said he'd wear himself out, was neglecting his family. Remember what he had done with his children and wife? He had already sent them to Jethro. As I said, furthermore, a worn-out person can make a mistake that can, become, that can cause permanent harm to themselves. Those around them are even the people they serve. But the effect of Moses' Lone Ranger attitude is not just on Moses. It's on the people that he's serving to and the community which he's seeking to build. Creativity can become stifled. Resentment starts to build. And others' God-given abilities are never being used. There's three reasons I often hear that people talk about why they don't want to be, uh, want to be involved. Fear, time, and commitment. Fear, time, and commitment. Fear of doing it alone. Fear of getting stuck with it. Fear of failure. Several people working together alleviates many of the mistakes we made. Teams help us to work together to each have responsibility. Rotating leadership helps one person not to be stuck with it all. But as we grow, we have to be willing for mistakes to happen. As our parents tell us, that's how we learn. Bob Goff tells the story of a man named Don who created a carbonated coffee-flavored soda for Starbucks. It was called Mazagron. Anybody ever had Mazagron? Ever heard of Mazagron? That's why it failed. <laughs> Do you know what he did? Don got a new license plate. And get what, guess what he put on his license plate? Mazagron. There's also the fear of the unknown. Right? It's nice to know where we're headed. It's nice to know our purpose and function. It's nice to know we, what we're doing together and where we want, what we want to accomplish. That's why the vision of the church is so important. Our vision is to be a growing and vital community where Christ is transforming lives. Another reason people won't be involved is time. We have the same time, each of us, in a day. But many of us have different gifts and different responsibilities. That's why there are different areas in which to serve and different needs to meet, not just in the church, but in the community and the places in which we live. Fear and time, there's another reason people don't get involved, and that's commitment. Maybe you already have too many commitments. Maybe it's time to give some up. Maybe it's time to ask for help. Maybe it's time to work together. Maybe, maybe we need to realign our commitments to God's passion. That they become our passion, too. So what's Jethro's solution? What does Jethro recommend to Moses to do? But take able people, officers, thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens... Let them sit as judges for the people. What's the result? Relief, Jethro says. By each doing their part, one or few are not carrying the whole load. 
more needs are met, we're able to connect to a larger segment of the neighborhood. There's more people in leadership positions that will help bear the burden with you, Jethro says. More experiences to respond to more tasks. And there's new ideas. And there's new ministries and new connections. One that you might not even be aware of is what the young adult class has been doing. There's an idea to create a brochure to go and deliver to the neighborhoods to help connect them to the ministries that we're doing here at Emmanuel. How we can serve each other and serve together. Today, during Sunday school, the youth and them, and even a couple weekends ago, have handed those out. And we've already received several calls of people interested in participating or joining some of the things that are mentioned. Greater involvement leads to greater fulfillment and greater ownership with greater impact. In order for this to be faithfully carried out, the important attributes that we're reminded today that it's important for us to have. Look at verse 21 if you've got your scripture there. Fear of God. A good fear. Not to be afraid of God, but a reverent respect of God, of who He calls us to be in our relationship with Him. To be trustworthy and dependable to carry out the task and to hate honest, or excuse me, to hate dishonest gain. We're not in it for us. We see the bigger kingdom picture. We all can do something. Even if it's just working on our relationship with God, we all have something we can be doing in serving the church, our community. Where or how is not as important as our attitude. I learned a story from a fellow pastor about a man named Horval Sash. Have you ever met Horval Sash? Horval had a very humble job in the basement of one of the largest corporations in the world. He was a gopher. He did whatever it took to make other people successful, whatever they needed to, to look good and get the job done. But Horval always wondered and thought about the floor just above him. Well, one day Horval saw a bug scurrying across the floor. Maybe that doesn't seem like a lot, but he was in the basement and he was fixing to squash the bug and the bug said, spare me. Well, he was pretty surprised that this bug could talk, so he kind of engaged in a conversation with him. And the bug offered him a reward if he wouldn't hurt him. So Horrible made a wish. I wish to go to the second floor. And that very day, his boss promoted him to the second floor, but it started again. Horval began to hear footsteps on the ceiling above him. People at a higher level, higher power, probably a higher salary. And he wondered what it would be like to go up another floor, and so he wished to go another floor, and he did. And each day he heard the footsteps above, wishing to go higher, and each day he was promoted till he reached the 96th floor, the top floor of the building. And he was sitting there by the pool on the top floor and he noticed something he hadn't seen in a while. It was a staircase and he decided to walk up the staircase. And where did it go? But the roof. There on top of the roof, he went out and said, well, I guess there's nowhere higher to go. But he saw somebody as he was fixing to head down and it was a boy and he was on top of the roof. And he went to the boy and the boy was praying and he asked the boy, what are you doing? He said, I'm praying. Who are you praying to? To God. Where is God? Up there. And he looked up and he didn't see anybody and he couldn't hear any footsteps. And 
and didn't think there was any rooms in the clouds above, but he had an idea. So he summoned the bug and he asked the bug to, to make him God. Make me the highest I can be. Put me in the kind of position that only God would accept. And it was granted. And the very next day, Horrible was a gopher in the basement of the largest corporation in the world, helping others to be successful in their jobs. Shared responsibility. Allow Moses to do what he did best. Shared responsibility allows you and me and each person around us to be their best and happier in doing it. And as a result, the church, Emmanuel, the people who make up the church will be a growing and vital community where Christ is transforming lives. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we confess that sometimes we're that lone ranger. We got the answers. We think we can do it. Or sometimes, Lord, we feel so overloaded that we don't think we can take the next step. Lord, you know where we are. You've given us gifts. You've given us an opportunity and a wonderful community in which to live and to worship and to be the church. For some, Lord, maybe it's letting go, and for others, Lord, maybe it's stepping up. Not to a higher floor, but stepping up in our relationship with you that you take on our fear. You somehow make time appear. Lord, you make a commitment seem easy. And so, Lord, I pray that wherever we are, that where you call us to be, together, Lord, we can create the vital community that you've equipped us to be. In your name I pray. Amen.